welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Tuesday of the sixth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty and merciful God, that we may in truth receive a share in the resurrection of Christ your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles The crowd joined in and showed their hostility to Paul and Silas. So the magistrates had them stripped and ordered them to be flogged. They were given many lashes and then thrown into prison and the jailer was told to keep a close watch on them. So following his instructions, he threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Late that night, Paul and Silas were praying and singing God's praises, while the other prisoners listened. Suddenly there was an earthquake that shook the prison to its foundations. All the doors flew open, and the chains fell from all the prisoners. When the jailer woke and saw the doors wide open, He drew his sword and was about to commit suicide, presuming that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted at the top of his voice, Don't do yourself any harm. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, then rushed in, threw himself trembling at the feet of Paul and Silas, and escorted them out, saying, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They told him, Become a believer in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and your household too. Then they preached the word of the Lord to him and to all his family. Late as it was, he took them to wash their wounds and was baptized then and there with all his household. Afterwards, he took them home and gave them a meal, and the whole family celebrated their conversion to belief in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Your right hand has saved me, O Lord. Your right hand has saved me, O Lord. I thank you, Lord, with all my heart. You have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels, I will bless you. I will adore before your holy temple. Your right hand has saved me, O Lord. I thank you for your faithfulness and love, which excel all we ever knew of you. On the day I called you, you answered. You increased the strength of my soul. Your right hand has saved me, O Lord. You stretch out your hand and save me. Your hand will do all things for me. 
Your love, O Lord, is eternal. Discard not the work of your hands. Your right hand has saved me, O Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. I will send you the spirit of truth, says the Lord. He will lead you to the whole truth. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Now I am going to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, Where are you going? Yet you're sad at heart because I have told you this. Still, I must tell you the truth. It is for your own good that I am going, because unless I go, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will show the world how wrong it was about sin, and about who was in the right, and about judgment. About sin, proved by their refusal to believe in me. About who was in the right, proved by my going to the Father, and your seeing me no more about judgment, proved by the prince of this world being already condemned. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in the Gospel today, Jesus, he kind of sticks it to the disciples a little bit for sort of being bad friends. He says to them, now I'm going to the one who sent me and not one of you has asked, where are you going? And yet you're sad at heart because I've told you this. Now remember, Jesus, he's in the upper room. He's having this farewell discourse with his disciples. And he's been talking about his departure. And and this is really brought out about a somber mood among the disciples. They, They can see the writings on the wall. They can see that Jesus is going to be handed over. Remember, Judas, he's already left in order to betray Jesus. And so when Jesus is speaking about his departure, all the disciples hear is that it's going to be bad for them. They're going to be sad because of the absence of their master, Jesus. But the Lord pauses and he goes, hang on a second, lads. None of you have asked where I'm going. And it's here that I think we can probably see that Jesus is speaking in a bit of a double meaning. He's talking about, yes, his immediate departure when he goes into death in his suffering, death and resurrection. But he's also talking more broadly about his more permanent departure when he ascends into heaven. And he says, look, none of you have asked, where am I going? I'm going back to the one who sent me. And all through John's gospel, we've had this common theme Who is the one who has sent Jesus? The Father, because he is the Son. And Jesus goes, look, I'm going back to the one who sent me. I'm going back to the Father. And you guys are sad because it means that I'm going. But maybe this is actually going to be good for you guys too. This theme about Jesus' departure is actually something that he's returning to. He brought it up in the 14th chapter. And in that moment, he said to his disciples, look, if you loved me, you'd be glad that I was going back to my father. And, you know, kind of fair enough, like Jesus going, look, can't you at least be happy for me? You're all thinking about yourselves and your own sadness that I'm going. At least pause for a second and be glad that I'm going back to my father. 
rather than being so focused on the loss that you're going to experience. But here, Jesus comes back to the theme and he goes, but lads, maybe this ain't going to be so bad for you after all. He says, still, I must tell you the truth. It is for your own good that I am going. Because unless I go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I do go, I'll send him to you. So we can see here this kind of double meaning that Jesus, he's in this moment not just talking about him going into death and the departure that he takes from his disciples by means of the cross, but now also the departure that he makes at the Feast of the Ascension. And that's why we've got this gospel now. The church is helping us to make sense of Jesus' departure because he is going to the Father in order to send the Holy Spirit And that's a good thing. That's good for us. The presence of the Holy Spirit in the world is going to do a whole bunch of stuff. And Jesus describes a lot of these things in his discourse. But here in this passage, which we have today, Jesus speaks particularly about the Holy Spirit coming to convince the world. Remember the world standing as that which is in opposition to God and to God's plan that the Holy Spirit will show the world how wrong it was about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. About sin because the world refused to acknowledge Jesus. Remember the beginning of John's Gospel, the great prologue, that he came into the world and the world refused to accept him. Well, the Holy Spirit will speak to the world and show that they were wrong not to accept Jesus. Then about righteousness. Righteousness has been a theme throughout the gospel and Jesus' public ministry. Those who prided themselves on being righteous, the scribes and the Pharisees, the chief priests, those who claimed that their actions were the things that made them at rights with God, those who claimed that their adherence to the law is what made them great. I'm a son of Abraham, and that's what makes me in right relationship with God. And yet, the Holy Spirit will come upon the world to convince them that to be in right relationship with God is to repent and believe in the gospel. And lastly, the Holy Spirit will come and correct the world about judgment. The judgment that will be made is that Jesus in his suffering and death has been defeated and the prince of this world has won. But in fact, the prince of this world is already condemned and defeated in the cross of Christ. And so the Holy Spirit will come and accomplish all of these things in the world. It will be a continual unfolding of the witness of the Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing. Now, I think in our own personal preparation for Pentecost, it's worthwhile not simply holding this concept of the world, that which stands in opposition to Christ, as something outside of ourselves, something out there, imagining, well, we're the good and faithful and righteous believers and everyone that the Holy Spirit has come to convince of sin, of righteousness and of judgment are out there. No, there's still a worldliness in my own heart. There are those corners of my life that stand in opposition to Christ. And so, 
Jesus says, it's good that I go and send you the paraclete, the advocate, because you need convincing about sin and about righteousness and about judgment. That the Holy Spirit would come and would strengthen our faith to believe in the Lord, to abandon our own self-righteousness and to embrace the cross of Christ as the true victory over sin and death. So, let's be happy for Jesus that he's returning to the Father. Let's be happy for ourselves that he is going to send the Advocate. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.